As you come into this space today, we acknowledge the land that we stand on. Today we stand on Bunurong country of the Kulin Nations. You stand on a country that is unknown to us but is known to you. We acknowledge the elders of your country and the elders of this country, past, present, and importantly, the future generation to come. We acknowledge that today is a day for you to learn, to listen, but also to think about where you're from and where would you like to go. We welcome you to this country, to this chance to learn of knowledge. This is A Yarn With Our Elders, presented by Bendigo Bank, a podcast where we sit down, have a yarn and get to know some of our First Nations elders. I'm your host, Simone Sexton. In each episode of this short NAIDOC Week series, we sit down with an elder for a yarn. They share with us their knowledge and deep wisdom of country, cultures and reconciliation. It's time to listen intently and respectfully as we learn from our past and head towards a brighter future for all Australians. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of A Yarn With Our Elders, presented by Benigo Bank. In today's episode, we'll yarn with Arnie Zeta-Thompson, a descendant of both the Mora clan of the Yorta Yorta people and the Yara Yara clan of the Wurundjeri people. She's a highly respected elder who's been inducted into the Victorian Aboriginal Honour Roll. Arnie Zeta discusses the importance of family, connection to country and our songlines. Hello, everyone. I'm very excited today to bring you our fourth and wonderful guest for our NAIDOC Week podcast. Auntie Zeta is a proud descendant of both the Wurundjeri and Yorta Yorta clans. And today, Auntie, we just wanted to have a conversation around your life, your story, and some of the incredible work that you have been doing in the community for Aboriginal rights. I thought we'd kick off with you perhaps maybe sharing a little bit about your story and what it was like for you to grow up. My name is Auntie Zeta Thompson and I am, as you mentioned, I'm Wurundjeri from the Yarra Yarra clan and Yorta Yorta of the Yalupna clan. And as most Aboriginal people, I connect to various clans. I'm also Wamba Wamba and Wiradjuri. So I like to acknowledge where I come from, but we follow my mother and my father, being Yorta Yorta and Wurundjeri. And I was born in Marupna, which means deep waterhole, and I grew up between Shepparton, Cumragunja and Melbourne. My parents always moving around keeping us away from authorities at that time. And I grew up in the country areas because my grandfather, Alexander Briggs, who was born on Corrandurk Aboriginal Reserve in the 1800s, and after a time, government policy was declared saying that all Aboriginal people of mixed blood must then go out into the community and assimilate. My grandfather went up to Kamragunja on the Dungala River up there near Chuka and Moama and married into the Yorta Yorta tribe, my nan from Kamragunja, Minnie Atkinson. So that's why we sort of lived in that area after grandfather was 
told to leave Corranduk as a young man. And then there's 13 in my family, one brother and a lot of sisters, and we grew up living on the riverbank in tin huts and after they moved off Kamragunja, all the people walked off Kamragunja in 1938, I think it was, and they moved on the riverbank at Marupna. And then from there we lived on the orchards, same housing, tin huts and tents and so forth. That was my growing up time with all my family, but we're all together. That's the main thing because not everyone had that experience staying together and it's wonderful to hear that. How important do you think it is for us to continue to share our stories? Well, you know, this is Aboriginal country and it is important for people to know our journey, what all our people have been through. I mean, my generation, the generation before, there's a lot of stories everyone has with stolen children, massacres, disrespect of our cultural old people and the cultural ways and everything that has affected our people. And it's important to share all those stories. We have a lot of people incarcerated right across the country and we have to still try and make things a little bit better for our people if we can. Yes, agree. As a respected elder who has been a strong advocate for our people and communities by being actively involved in leading conversations around cultural education, the arts, campaigning for the rights of Aboriginal prisoners, and you've consulted across numerous projects and have been on numerous committees. In your opinion, how important do you believe it is to influence the next generation to become involved and advocate for change? Well, it's very important to still make sure that the next generation is on track with our cultural way and there are a lot that are very strong in that area, you know. They're able to be the voice now for people that don't have a voice anymore. So it's actually good that a lot of our people are out there doing their thing, you know. And there's all sorts of ways that they're doing that. With culture, of course, that culture is what makes us who we are as Aboriginal people. You must continue on that cultural journey because that's what's needed. That's what makes us who we are our culture, our language, the stories in art, and, yeah, it's all important for us. And I can relate to that because I'm someone that is still on my cultural learning journey myself, exploring my language, exploring my story, and I'm still on that journey. Exactly. I know that things have changed from my mother and my grandmother and since first contact. Our culture has changed and that's because of first contact. And I know what my mother and my dad, of course, they weren't allowed to speak in language. Just tell you a little bit about my mum, actually. She was the one that's always talking. and (laughs) (laughs) Dad was the quiet one, you know. 
but there was one time when she said, as, you know, a little girl after her sisters were stolen, taken up to Cootamundra, and she lived with her old auntie and uncle, and they were driving along in a horse and cart, and she said they saw the mission manager coming towards them. And uncle said, quickly, because she was reading to him, which he was real proud to be able to read a few sentences and that. And he said, quickly put that book away. We'll get into trouble. Here comes the manager, you know. So that sort of thing and a lot of resentment from all those old people with having stopped all the old way. Yeah. I wanted to just switch gears a little bit and just ask you, when I was reading about you, Ali, I noticed that you were the first Victorian Aboriginal artist to have your work exhibited at the Melbourne Museum. Now, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Bunjalaka Gallery. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, I was actually honoured to be asked to put my work up there in Bunjalaka for the big opening, which was important time for me and all my family because we were going also through the Yorta Yorta land claim. So I thought that that old stories that were passed down for the judges or whoever there was judging us to, you know, hear or see our stories. So that was pretty much the reason why I did that a long time ago now, actually. Oh, that would have been wonderful. In a lot of cases, we express our story through our artwork and through our storytelling and our music. That's our stories. Our art is our song lines. It's our history. Everybody has their different stories right across the country and they continue to tell their stories, which is really important, not just for doing art, but it's storytelling. It's our, as we don't have written word, That's our written word. Yes. And just for those listeners that might not know what song lines means, can you explain to everyone listening what does song line mean to us? You follow the tracks of your ancestors, the stories of your ancestors, and you do that in song, in art, and just trying to maintain all the old cultural ways. You'd sing to country. Yeah, it's important to maintain our culture anyway, in all ways we can. Yes, I agree. And I love when I hear about song lines and hearing our people's stories being spoken, being sung, being painted. The more I go on my journey, the more I'm learning and having the opportunity to speak with elders such as yourself, expanding on that knowledge has been invaluable invaluable experience for me and I'm sure many people listening today. I want to touch a bit more on your artwork. In 2021, your artwork, Mookies Around the Watering Hole, was one of six Melbourne Rising Art Tram designs created by First Nation artists. Could you tell us the story behind that piece? It's spirits. Our people believe spirits are still with us and visit us from time to time. And we believe that 
they go to certain places where they gathered and so forth, and I thought that was really honouring them in that way, all the old people that used to gather at certain places. It was dynamic piece. I saw it across the tram and I can imagine what an impact it's making across the community as well. It was absolutely beautiful piece of work. Also, I believe you were the cultural advisor on the internationally renowned movie, The Sapphires. The Sapphires is written by my nephew, Tony Briggs, who's an actor and director and he's into all that arty business. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm really proud of him. And he wrote a story about my sisters who had a singing group in the 60s and they were called the Sapphires, used to go around singing everywhere. And then they went to Vietnam to sing for the troops over there. So It's one of my favourite films. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I've heard it said that when an elder passes away, we lose an entire library. What are your thoughts on how we can preserve our people's story? Well, just talking like I am today, I suppose. And, you know, I think that's what a lot of our community do. Our elders are involved in lots of different things around different organisations and trying to pass on their knowledge and a little bit to the wider community. But it's important for our community to make sure that that is still kept alive, our culture and who we are, because we live in two worlds, our people. So it's sort of harder to make sure that our younger ones are involved, know about who they are, you know, about cultural business, actually. So, yeah. As you mentioned earlier, there is no written word in the sense of how we hold our knowledge and our story. In a way, we just orally transfer that knowledge and story onto our young and onto our community, but they continue to pass that down themselves orally to keep that alive. So doing these kinds of podcasts is incredibly important. In some ways, this day and age has been helpful in that sense to help maintain and preserve our story. We used to send smoke signals last time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we've come a long way, haven't we? (laughs) (laughs) From smoke signals to microphones. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. It's often said that we are a part of country and country is a part of us. What does this mean to you and what does this mean to the listeners when they hear that? Well, we're spiritual people and we are the first environmentalists and we protect everything around us. We're connected to the earth and the heavens and the old way and with our dreaming stories and so forth. That's actually what it means. We are a part of everything, the land, the country that we're on. We are children of the Dreamtime people. We are part of this land. And I'm quoting my sister's poem she wrote many years ago. It should be like the Aboriginal anthem 
I am a child of the Dreamtime people, part of this land like the Nile gum tree. We all have totems and we protect our totems. They protect us. We don't eat our totems. And that maintains all the creatures that are, you know, I can't eat my totem, but I can eat your totem. You know what I mean? Like, Yes. What is your totem, Auntie? Emu. Emu. Mm. I was going to say that because mm. I saw the emu necklace. That is really... And the bronze-winged pigeon through my grandfather. He's the keeper of magic. That is absolutely brilliant. But you're right, it's like country talks to you. You know, it speaks to you, it whispers to you if you just listen. It is a feeling of belonging. It is. But it's all Aboriginal land and we belong to it all because we're all connected. All our people are sort of through intermarriage. We have all cousins everywhere. So, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so it's very special, that belonging. It is. As an elder yourself, what is your hopes for elders of the future? I think a lot of the young people today are doing a really good job. They're all strong, young warrior men and women. And I think I feel quite happy that they're speaking up and challenging government. So that's following in the old footsteps, how it used to be done in the 60s and even before that with my mother and that generation, my dad, in being able to challenge the government about rights on our country. And then we ended up having NADOC, which is still going strong today. But it's a day of mourning. And I think all the young people, I don't have too much worry about the direction they're all going in because it's all all pretty good, actually. Yes, I feel like our voice collectively is, it's in a good spot when they see trailblazers like yourself and other elders who have led the way tirelessly advocating for Aboriginal rights, speaking with someone like you who is clearly influencing our youth today as well. I think that we're in good hands moving forward. Yes. Just one last question. If you could pass on one bit of wisdom to people listening today, what would it be? Just keep on track. Be strong in maintaining culture. That's one thing that we need to do. And still, like I mentioned about all the young people that are doing a good job going to various seminars and whatever, but I think the main thing is keep your feet on the ground and remember our old ways and maintain what we can because we're proud people. What would you say to people listening that would be interested or keen to become an ally and not sure how to go about that? Well, just to support Aboriginal causes, community, and just listen because we've got to maintain who we are for ourselves. And if we could have that support in various communities and understanding, I think that's that's all you can have, really. 
Yeah, no, that's wonderful. Thank you, Auntie. I'm sure that there are plenty of takeaways from today's conversation with you. Is there anything else you would like to share yourself, Auntie? No, I think I've said enough. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Auntie, for being with us. We are very honoured and absolutely proud to have you sharing your story with us today. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to A Yarn With Our Elders, presented by Bendigo Bank. This NADOC week, make sure to tune in to the stories, songs and gems of wisdom from every one of our elders on this short series and leave a review. If you'd like to learn more about Bendigo Bank's Reflect Reconciliation Action Plan, visit bendigobank.com.au.